What's up, guys? Our Wrestling Podcast back at you with another episode. This is Dave Vicious along with Justin Total Package and Craig the British Bro Live bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from those diehards sharing opinions with you. Today's topic is Eddie Guerrero 2004. For audio fans, give us a listen to Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts, or watch our videos on YouTube at our wrestling channel. On social media, can you give us a follow on Instagram at OWB2019 or on Facebook at Our Wrestling Podcast? Uh, Jess, why, why 2004? Was that a good year? I know. I told year. everybody that doing a legacy is super emotional and hard for me. And uh, I have been putting off doing an Eddie Guerrero legacy for numerous reasons because I have to get it right. Uh, I don't want to half ass it, especially for him. And there are three I things that make me uh, the three things that are, make me majorly emotional. Uh, I cry during our own heart uh, legacy. I cry every time I have to watch a Chris Farley documentary. Oh. And Eddie Guerrero, I'm pretty concerned. I'm pretty sure that Eddie Guerrero will be my third thing that I will cry on uh, because like he is somebody that uh, when I first started watching him, um, I realized I, like I'm not a wrestling expert by any stretch. You are. And uh, I've been watching it since I was 10 years old. And uh, so I fell in love with footwork and the way wrestlers work. You know, after I realized wrestling was was you know not real and predetermined, uh, you realize that these are actors and actresses that are also athletes, and their footwork is everything. And the gelling uh, with people, there's a lot of wrestlers that are great workers and that are technical wizards that never get the spotlight they deserve because they don't have charisma, or you you get you get saddle horned in that. Uh, uh, area of like, well, you're a good worker, so you're always going to be a good hand. So you know you're going to do jobs and put the real stars over. And when so I, but I loved their work. I loved watching wrestlers like that work. And when I first saw Eddie, um, I first saw him in WCW. And then I went back later and, and saw his stuff a couple years earlier in ECW. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really watch his me- like his uh, Mexican wrestling stuff until later. Uh, I noticed wh- how he moved and how great he was and. I was like, I'd never seen anybody. I watched him time people out, and I, it's hard to describe uh, the way he would watch his opponent and the way he wrestled an older Ric Flair or a younger guy. He adjusted, and that's a super talent that like people don't understand. Like when a wrestler is full of themselves and they get in there and they're in their prime and they know they have to fucking hit a home run every time. A lot of wrestlers will leave it to their opponent to you got to catch up to my style. Guerrero, every time I saw him. He watched his opponent and he would morph to theirs. And he knew I can't like can't go faster than them because the match will fall apart or it'll be super boring. And I realized that from him from an early, early on when I started watching him about how great he was. And it's something that you don't see in a lot of people. You just don't. And uh, there's very few people I can even say right now that I feel have that like ability, like to get in there with people and just I'm them and be like, I'm going to be you and I'm going to either dumb myself down. I don't mean that in a bad way, because if you're in there with an older wrestler, they're a shell of who they used to be. But their character might be so over that they're still relevant. And you have to get in there and learn to work with them. And I would watch him do it time after time. And uh, it just he won me over. And I was like, God, like even when he was just the vanilla baby face in WCW when he first got there and he had no personality to the beginning of Latino heat in WCW when he was LWO and all that stuff. And yes, folks, Rey Mysterio did not start the LWO. It was Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, he did. That's right. In WCW. And so I, 
it's going to be emotional for me to make a legacy. So I'm I'm being a pussy, and uh, I'm doing 2004. Like, so that's easy to do. That was my long-winded explanation to get to why we're doing this. My my today. my joke uh, is old. My joke is old at this point, but yeah, I would cry during Beverly Hills Ninja as well. Sorry, uh, but I just uh, there's something about Eddie from a, an early. Uh, uh, when I first saw him, you know, in American wrestling, which was WCW, and then I got I got the the joy of going back and looking at his other stuff, um, I, where I watched him and I was like, God. And then listening to Bischoff in 2023 tell a story about how he met with some people and they're like, uh, "You, what do you mean you don't want you don't know Eddie Guerrero?" And he's like, "Not really." And they're like, "You need to hire Eddie." And this was when he was younger. And Bischoff's like, why? And he's like, it doesn't matter why. Like, you'll learn. He's that, he's that good. You'll figure uh, it out. We will We will uh, foot half his salary. So if you give us some dates where he could still work in Mexico with us and all that stuff, and he would do Japan stuff and all that, then we will. So basically, if Eddie had a $100,000 salary, I'm just throwing that number out there, $100,000, WCW only had to pay fifty, and then uh, AAA would pay the other fifty because they're like, we know that he needs to be exposed yeah. to the American audience. We know. And he was special from there, and his his family, the girl. That's with the art bar stuff, right? Like he was tagging up yes, with art bar, yeah, like and, and uh, American um, tight, yeah. Yes, and so they knew that he was so special, and the Grail family is super legendary. But like they knew that Eddie was ready for American television in the the early to mid nineties, and so Bischoff's like, okay, if you're gonna foot half the fucking thing, I'll take him, you know. So it was like, and the rest is you know history. It's an overused phrase, but it's true. It, so like he just. Like took off, and from the second I w- would watch his footwork and the way he his timing was just it was fucking impeccable. Like he just understood. Like it wasn't. Yeah. You, I don't. You can't teach that. Like you can flourish it, and when you recognize it, you can grow it. But you can't teach it. He just understood. Like that his eyes were all over the place, and he understood every movement that was going on. You'll never see it again. Anyway, I probably was a couple of this, but jump in. Uh, before 2004, Guerrero had an up-and-down ride with the WWF and WWE since this came over from WCW in uh, 2000. He was arrested for DUI uh, at the end of 2001. He was released by the company then. He would wrestle in the end of scene, Ring of Honor, New Japan Wrestling, and the uh, first portion of 02. He would then return to WWE in April of 02 and regain the confidence of McMahon through 03, he teamed with his cousin Chavo Guerrero and won the SmackDown Tag Team titles as Los Guerreros. Heavily underrated tag team and there. all before this, too, I didn't even talk about China, Mamacita, Latino Heat. Oh, like, so that, that was, was all, all before this. That was all before, like, wow. 2004. Like, yeah, okay. that was yeah. all before. And it was phenomenal he, So what, He was like, struggling with point, demons. Before we start, what's the point of 2004 for you? His, the That's year when he, he peaked? Yes, that's it when is. he won the he won the world title from Lesnar, and like it yeah. changed. Like we finally got to see Eddie Guerrero at the top. Like he finally like yeah. achieved it. This is probably his best year. Like, yeah. and he's had great this years, is... but this, as far as like career achievement and being the mm-hmm. guy and, and the beating year. beating his demons and all that yeah. stuff, like this was like what he could have been. This was the year yes. that he should. Yeah. He... Uh, he would return to WWE in 02. I'm sorry, we were talking about that. In early 04, Chris Benoit jumped to the Raw brand after winning the Royal Rumble match using his title shot to go for Triple H's World Heavyweight Championship. Guerrero won a 15-man Royal Rumble match in the January 29th, 04 episode of SmackDown to earn a shot at the WWE Championship. And after becoming the number one contender, Guerrero elevated himself to the main event. Eddie Guerrero's gonna be eliminated here! Oh, Eddie Guerrero 
just countered. It brought Kurt Angle the back hell? into the ring. And how's he doing? Kurt Angle eliminated. Eddie Guerrero has got a shot at the title. Uh, and began feuding with uh, that champion, Brock Lesnar. Now, Brock Lesnar, you know, we we see we still see him today. Guy's a beast. This doesn't some anything's going to come from it. But at No Way Out on February fifteenth of oh four, Guerrero defeated Lesnar in a shocking upset victory in the main event to win the WWE Championship. There, that's the SmackDown. Championship I don't even know if so. they knew at that point that Lesnar wasn't going to resign because this is right before WrestleMania twenty. The infamous match where him and Goldberg were both booed out of the building and people took the match over or whatever. I don't know if they knew in February if Lesnar was leaving. Maybe they did. And Vince is just like, give Guerrero a chance. Which is amazing because of the injuries and the substance abuse and all that stuff. Like, he left for a while and came back. And then, like I said, Vince got more confidence in him because Guerrero was undeniable. His charisma was just fucking ridiculous. Like, and he was a and he was a wonderful wrestler. Like he was just second to none. Like I said before about his footwork and everything. So, so Vin, finally, when he realized the character he wanted to be, he was funny with China. Then he was funny with Los Guerreros. And but Vince was like, "You got to be, you got to be emotional. You can be funny. You can be a one dimensional character, and that's great." But Guerrero had something that like people believed in, and the Hispanic community are they're very passionate about their athletes. And there was Rey Mysterio as an example, Pedro Morales as an example. And Guerrero was like, just people wanted to love him, especially if you're a Latino, um, because he was this story that uh, people could relate to. You overcome and you, you, and he always believed in his heritage. He would always put the flag on him somewhere. He would always like speak little Spanish, like excerpts in his interviews or whatever to, to remind people, I'm still yours. I'm still with you. And I think that was super important. And so, like, to for Vince to be like, just let's go. That match when he beat Lesnar, I'll never forget the crowd and the the right in the right in the center of the hard camera was a, a row of fans that had signs that spelled out Eddie. You know, one fan held E, one hand, uh, other fans held the D D I E, and like it was just right in the fucking as he won the title and that whole building shaking. You see Eddie like in the crowd, and I'll never forget that because like. It's just, those are moments where you're like, fuck, like, and you never saw it coming. When he pinned him, people were like, no fucking way. Like, really? Like, and yeah, like, it was real. Like, and it's it's insane. And it was a WWE championship. It wasn't the shitty, you know, World Heavyweight Championship, which I know a lot of good people held the World Heavyweight Championship. But, like, it was the WWE Championship, which was the big one, you know? So the, this victory made him a triple crown and grand slam champion in the process. So he had, if I'm, if I, if I got it right, he's got the tag champs, IC title, and a world championship under his belt at this point. And uh, I, he won the European championship too, which for a while that was kind of like the, the grand grand slam. I think Shawn Michaels was the first one to win all the titles. 
put that goddamn Sorry. candy up there. I had a uh, yeah, I want to say that he was one of the ones that um, that with the European title, which is even more rare. Like Shawn Michaels was one of the only ones to win the IC Tag Team World Heavyweight Intercontinental Champion and the European. So Guerrero also won the European title too. I was just wearing the shirt that we're going to talk about next. I wore it all day long until I put on my summer freaking time shirt. But his next feud was with Kurt Angle, whom he defeated at WrestleMania 20 to retain his title and his first big defense. At the end of the event, uh, Guerrero celebrated in the ring with his longtime friend Chris Benoit, who had just won the World Heavyweight Championship. I got to go back on this a little bit. I got to I gotta talk about this for a minute because this is the infamous boot, right? The boot where... We think that Angle is destroying his ankle and the whole process. Yeah, well, Angle was destroying his ankle, but as Guerrero would get a breather, you would see him unlace the boot by a couple uh, eyelets. And every, then he would keep every time. And then, you know, Angle would beat it up again, and then he would cut Angle off and then crawl away and just untuck the laces a little bit more. And he would just doing it the last five minutes or so of the match. And then knowing in his mind, he's going for my ankle. He's going to go do the ankle lock. That's what Angle does. So when yep. Angle finally got the ankle lock, the, the boot was all the way unlaced and he pulled his foot out of it. And Angle was like, What? Angle That's looked at brilliant. the boot like, What the fuck? And then, like, yeah, he that pulled him brilliant. in and small packaged him. He small packaged him and pinned him. And uh, it's just Eddie's charm. It's just so good. It was such a fitting ending. I wonder who thought match. of that. And who thought of that ending? It was excellent. Like, yeah, it was just, it was super excellent. And I, f- uh, I, f- I feel like Eddie, I, I feel like who else would think of that? They would probably Eddie? still have, they had producers at that point. I wonder if it was like a Michael Hayes or a Patterson. I know Patterson was there, but I think Patterson did angle and, and Sean that night. I don't oh, know who oh, did four. I no, sorry. Uh, I Patterson did the main event. Patterson did the Benoit triple H and Shawn Michaels match, but I'm not sure who did uh, Eddie. And just, Eddie. That's again, just so that's and, beautiful. And, but again, though, people might produce it, but I feel like, I feel like Eddie's bringing Eddie and angle are bringing that to the table. I just, yeah. And they just got to figure out how to make it work. You know? Um, but yeah, in March, he started the feud with fellow Texan, John Bradshaw Layfield, JBL. Fuck that guy. I did not mean to bring the episode down. After JBL interrupted Gross' title match with Booker T, the Fuck rivalry would soon turn personal and a non-televised live event. JBL caused Gross' mother to suffer a kayfabe heart attack. At Judgment Day, Guerrero defended his WWE title against JBL, retaining the title after getting himself disqualified, hitting JBL with the championship title. The match witnessed Guerrero bleed heavily midway through in the match as a result of Guerrero performing a blade job after a stiff headshot. Jesus Ringside Christ. with a chair with JBL. By the way, Jess, you and I were at this event. Uh, you, me, and Nathan were there. We were at the Staples yeah. Center. And uh, yes. You guys uh, were, we there were there live there. for that blood fest? Yes. Yeah, it was Jesus. I, I we saw. We were like midway up. We had good seats. We were, yeah. yeah, we were midway up in the arena, and we were like all like, "That's a lot of blood." Like, I mean, it was like so a you lot could of tell blood. Like, by sitting there yeah, with the, the, the monitors that it, it was, was all over the ring. Yeah. It was all over the ring. It was horrible. Yeah, like, I've never That's seen awesome. someone bleed this much. That's um, awesome. Period. We we were actually genuinely uh, concerned for Guerrero towards the end. I'm like, they might have to cart him out of here. It was bad. It was blood was everywhere. Yeah. Um, the match itself was great, by the way, too, but. Again, I I believe that Eddie was the reason for for those JBL matches being as good as they were. We and um, by the way, we are one of the uh, very few people that got to see a Mordecai uh, entrance. That's that was right. Because the there was the brand split, so they were trying to make new stars, and Mordecai uh, w- came down. He beat uh, Scotty Tuhati, I believe. I thought he was a WCW guy. No, Mordecai was WWE, Jesus and uh, he was SmackDown brand. He beat Scotty Tuhati at the time. Very, wow. very flash in the pan. I said, you walk down that aisle 
and give me what is mine, the WWE Championship, now, or I will make you bleed some more, Eddie. I will put you back in the hospital. You know what, Holmes? You're right! I'm gonna show everybody what a great man my mom raised, I said. I'm gonna go down and hand you what you deserve, a good kick in. At the Great American Bash, Guerrero defended the title against JBL in a Texas bull rope match. Uh, JBL Oh, let's won, bleed some more. Uh, um, uh, after uh, Kurt Angle, who was a general manager of SmackDown, uh, reversed the decision after Guerrero appeared to have retained the title there. Dives over. Eddie Guerrero dives over and... Eddie, as you can see, as you can see, Eddie, as we can all see, that John Bradshaw Layfield's shoulder touched before your hand touched. Now the rules state, now listen to me, I don't make the rules, but the rules state that it doesn't matter which part of your body touches. All that matters is who touches first. Eddie, I'm sorry. I apologize from the bottom of my heart. I am sorry, Eddie. But as the general manager of SmackDown, I have to announce that the winner of this match is the new WWE Champion, John Bradshaw Layfield. Oh my God, wow. At SummerSlam, Guerrero lost to Angle after submitting to his ankle lock, getting a little payback. Guerrero then allied himself with the Big Show. Each week, Angle and his new allies, Luther uh, Luther Reigns, is that right? Yeah, Luther Reigns. And Mark Jindrak began targeting Guerrero and Big Show. Guerrero defeated Reigns in a single match at No Mercy. And then general manager Theodore Long, good old Teddy, booked an elimination match. (laughs) Between a team led by Guerrero and a team led by Angle, Guerrero's team consisted of himself, Big Show, <laughs> Cena, uh, replacing Rey Mysterio and Rob Sorry. Van Dam. Uh, that team defeated Angle's team at Survivor Series. Guerrero, along with Booker T and The Undertaker, then challenged JBL for a WWE Championship in a fatal four-way in the upcoming pay-per-view Armageddon. <laughs> along the way, Guerrero found a partner in Booker T there. Um, sorry, I don't know if I'm if I'm reading this wrong. You guys are laughing or yeah, yeah, you're, you're, oh, it's, you're it's goddamn Craig right now. Yeah. You're doing no, fine. not not my fault. <laughs> I, what, should I reread it? I'm sorry. Yeah, no, definitely. Fine. Start again. No, uh, Guerrero. <laughs> I'm gonna reread it. You can edit how you want. Guerrero, along with Booker T and the Undertaker, then challenged JBL for a WWE Championship match in a fatal four way for the upcoming pay per view Armageddon. Along the way, Guerrero found a partner in Booker T. Uh, at Armageddon in December of Guerrero and Booker's initial teamwork broke away, and the match ended with JBL painting Booker following the clothesline from hell, which I I know we love it and we hate it because we hate JBL, but that clothesline is something fierce. So I do... Listen, we hear a lot of stories from people who have written books or done shooting interviews that JBL is a disgusting bully. However, you also hear from, I think, a lot of corporate people like uh, uh, Bruce Pritchard, who is they're very close friends, uh, him and JBL are. And I was like, ah, I think JBL, all the actual other bullies like JBL because bullies like bullies. Um, 
And JBL made me sour after Guerrero passed, and he was trying to really push himself. It was like, I was really close to Eddie. You know, Eddie, Eddie's the one that approved all those storylines, you know, like and originally. And I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't listen. Like, I I'm 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 leaning towards I hate JBL still, but like I do know that wrestling really does a good job at making you hate people. Uh, but I think JBL's really a hateable person. I've heard enough stuff of JBL being a bully and knocked out by Joey Styles and finally, you know what I mean? Like to where I'm like, no, JBL, I think was just a bully and a dickhole. And uh, the other people, the corporate people, well, like Blue Bruce Order, and, all that stuff, yeah, yeah, and Vince and Bruce, they'll defend JBL because they're bullies too. So uh, I. D- I don't want to hate JBL because that my nature as a human being is I don't want to hate people. I don't like, I really don't want people to be bad, but I think that JBL was just a cocksucker and I don't have proof. I don't have proof of this, but I think JBL used Guerrero after he passed to try to make us feel that I was really good friends with them. We were just doing a great job at fooling you. Of course he did. Of course he did. You're a dick. And I think that you only befriended Guerrero because it benefited you. And you were in the world title picture at the time, so yeah, of course you backed off. Which, which by the way, without Eddie and without yeah. that have you ever heard? Of, there's no, there's been no biography of how great a guy a JBL was. It's and all, uh, what's what's the announcer? Uh, uh, Justin Ro- Roberts, uh, just absolutely yeah, Justin Roberts, by him. like yeah, said same thing. So many people have written stuff in their books about what a cocksucker he is. So after Guerrero passed and JBL just really fucking laid it on about what they actually were good friends and all that, I was like, I. I really hope that you're not using his death as something to catapult your career. I really hope. I still, to this day, want to believe that he didn't do that. But I've heard enough shit about JBL where I, I wouldn't be surprised. But I still have no proof, so I can't. Uh, right. Can't really like you know put a period at the right. end of that sentence. But uh, fuck JBL. I'll even I'll even put a, uh, a more like that's already kind of a tough way to end it. I might end it on a tougher note unless you guys recover. You know, I, I know I, we're not. I would argue. I would argue that while well, 04 was his best year, I, I think did, we didn't he. Di- when did he pass in 05, 06? I thought it was 05? 06. Yeah, may one of the. I can't remember when because he um, he passed. Well, I know he passed. It might have been 05 or early 06 because Benoit passed in 06, and a lot of people would relate Eddie's death to Chris's uh, rampage. It was 05, it was 05 then. It was 05, I think. Yeah. So it's either late 05 and early 06, because I, I, I can't even think they were more than six, eight months apart. Um, yeah, because... he died in uh, he died November 13th, 05. So a yep. year after his greatest year ever, like, he died. Yep. yep. And then that, that spun off Benoit into a spiral, and, you know, because you know they were doing the same stuff together. They Yeah. Whatever the regiment was, they were doing it together, because they had been up together I hate to bring. I hate to bring some because and they were close friends. Her. Yeah, but we're talking about New Japan too. They were together in New Japan, WCW, and now here. They yeah. they went through the cycles together. You know. Yeah, and I, you know, again, this is why I avoid the legacy of Eddie Guerrero because, like, when we start really laying into the end of his career and everything, I don't, I don't know how strong I could be or how much I can keep it together because I love him so much, and you know, I the thing is, is like. Why I think he's so special is I know why the Latino community loves him, but I'm not Latino. But he touched me in this in, the, in that sense. Like I saw his magic, and it's like as a lover of pro wrestling, a few shirts I, I continue like, to update. If I if that shirt wears out, I will buy another Eddie Guerrero shirt. It's I, a I just Viva, I it's a Viva La Raza, yeah. and I don't care what people look think of me when I wear it. Like we will do. You don't know what I'm uh, talking about? 
That's your problem. We will do a legacy of Eddie Guerrero one day when I'm strong enough, like and I can do it and muscle through it and just write it properly, like mm. I did Sting. Because I'm very proud well, of the, Sting one that we did. In the words of In the words of Double J, you have to sober up, bitch. It yeah. That. It's someone like it transcends Lucha Libre, so he transcends an entire generation. Like Lucha Libre is an entire generation of wrestling. Which and that was um, also it's like Craig Japan, a, North America, and Lucha Libre, right? Like that was just a portion of and, what he did. So this is part of his arsenal. But for right? him to come over here and succeed like he did, and to break those barriers and not wear a mask, and to have his long yeah. hair, and to be generational, he was always and Eddie, to right? succeed as a cruiserweight, well, and then come over to WWE, and then be heavyweight champion, and then have this year, and then I have say... the struggle. He could do anything, and he still was struggling with the demons and he didn't quite make it. And so God, God bless. And God knows what he was going through, but like, holy shit. And that's all we care about. Like as fans, like we just gravitate towards people that transcend and, um, uh, they just, they just sacrifice themselves for fucking us. Right. And for fucking watching them and, and being the geniuses that they are like, he could have been something special and something got lost in his last kind of years. And I, who I think knows? But like, cut short. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, and why? And like, who knows why? But like, well, I he, but in his, whatever demons he was carrying, he still transcended everything and was probably the greatest Latin wrestler. You're not, I mean, you're not ever, you're not 6'6, right? You're not 300 pounds. You're not Hulk Hogan. You're not Sting. You're not Luger. You're not, I mean, you're, you're Eddie Guerrero on your best day. You should probably weigh about two fifteen. I think he yeah. got. He think he bolted up like two forty, two fifty towards the end of it. I and mean, he did. He didn't need a mask, which was the the, the currency of with the exception of New Japan. Right? Did he wear it in New Japan? I know. I know. Ben Wadley. for a while. I think for a bit he wore a mask. Yeah, but that's. I mean, exception, yeah. Craig. Most of the time, to your point, absolutely. Right. He, yeah, he he was Eddie. That's who he was. He was Eddie. I'm not. And mysteri- figured I'm not it some out. Mysterious he really guy. figured it out, like the American style, and to. I would say he figured out the charisma of it because when you watch him in WCW, the matchwork was never a problem. The guy was on point. No. And if you convince Vince as a small guy with a mullet and a Hispanic guy who. With with, with no arms at the time, like no build, you know, I mean, compared to what he was towards the end. An absolute gem and a genius and a hell of a man, an athlete like. I always missed. Always missed. Always missed. It is that X factor. Like Jess, like said, is like. It's the Owen, it's the Eddie, it's the Chris Farley. It's like the people that like they shouldn't have passed when they should have passed. They should have transcended that, what they were doing, man. It's that shooting star, man. They just burned out too fast. Yep. I mean that's really what it is. Chris Farley is such a great example of all of that. Um John Belushi's another one. Who knows what have what would have seen if he'd lived another 10, 20 years. And yeah. those guys like uh, I mean Farley and Farley and Belushi are both thirty three. Mm-hmm. 33 33 so we have outlasted that by 15 years but imagine burning out at 33 yeah I mean, I mean burning out just being gone like just wow you know yeah it's 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 yeah tough uh for audio fans give us a listen on apple spotify soundcloud iHeartRadio, and google podcast or watch our videos on youtube at our wrestling channel on social media, can you give us a follow on Instagram at O2B 2019 or on Facebook at Our Wrestling Podcast for the OWP? This is Dave Justin Craig signing off. Have a good one.